0: Today's episode is bookended by a simple question. What do you do if you feel like quitting? And my guest, Angie Trueblood, is the host of a podcast, Go Pitch Yourself, that is all about helping podcasters grow their brand. I met her through a mutual connection we had, and she was eager to talk with me about a moment this past summer when she almost went out and got a regular day job. Anytime I say the word regular, please know I'm using air quotes because podcasting, writing, painting, whatever you might be doing, those are regular, real jobs. They're just uncommon. And when you're doing an uncommon job as a business, it can be that much more difficult to go forward. So this episode is going to travel along the edges of what it looks like to do your work sincerely with devotion, and how you respond to the moments when you think it might be time to throw in the towel. I look forward to getting you to the episode. One thing I'd like to leave you with here is that my book, The 7-Figure Marketing Mindset for Novelists, is available for pre-order. You can pick up a copy in the electronic form or an ebook for $7.99, and you will get a free copy of my audiobook. But not only will you get a free copy of my audiobook, I will send it directly to you a month before the official release date of the book. Gives you a chance to dive in 30 days early and absorb the content through your ears. You can partner it with your eyes for the best retention. January 2nd, when the ebook comes out, or if you want to hold on just a little bit longer, it will be available in paperback, and I'll have a special offer accompanying that as well. So please do pick up your copy of The 7-Figure Marketing Mindset for Novelists. It's on Amazon. I'll have a link to it in my show notes, but you can look me up. I'm easy to find, and the book is beautiful in every way. I had a lot of help. So I'm comfortable saying that with a community effort, it's a book that has the ability to change your writing life. Without further ado, please enjoy my interview with Angie Trueblood. Hey, I'm the reluctant book marketer and I've got just one question for you. Do you see your novel as a million dollar asset? Because if you don't, and you want to, you're in the right place. This is the only show for novelists who want to shift their mindset away from fear and toward abundance. Because you can sell more books than you ever dreamed when you believe in what you're doing.
1: First, I want to thank you for inviting me and for actually, it was probably just two sentences that I referenced in that episode because I was actually nervous to say that. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I thought, no, people, you know, they listen to my podcast because they know me, they respect me. And guess what? I'm not the only one going through this (laughs) because I actually had people since the episode, I've had conversations with other business owners. Um, I mean, and it's not the first time that that has happened what I have come to recognize is I get to a point of wanting to burn it all down Mm
0: -hmm.
1: right when I'm at a plateau. And so it happened back in 2019. I had actually applied for a couple of jobs back then. Mm -hmm. And then I was considering a coaching program with someone that I had been following for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it's now or never, like I'm going to invest in this coaching program and show up to see, is this business thing going to work for me? Cause at that point, I think I was two years in two mm-hmm. and a half years in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was what I needed. It was the accountability. It was the community. It was the guidance that I needed to not feel so alone. Yeah. Um, when you're also trying to figure out next steps. So that happened in 2019, and then this year, it was over the summer. My kids are ten and twelve, and I fooled myself into thinking that they were old enough <laughs> mm. to be home because I my home office is at home. Yeah. To think we would just pepper in a couple of camps, and you know maybe have a babysitter come like one or two days a week that could take them to the pool, and that that would be enough. And yeah. I was feeling super pulled on time, and really bandwidth also, to where I I just didn't, it was frustrating. And I felt like burnout kind of coming. And I told my husband, you know, the job market is very different now than it is when I left back in 2014. Um, Both it evolved on its own. And then COVID also made remote work a thing that Mm -hmm. was pretty non-existent when I was leaving my corporate sales job. Um, So it was really looking at the fact that candidly in my business, I was, I'm bringing home less than Mm. what I could be bringing home in a traditional job. Right. That's what started the process.
0: Yeah. Completely understand. I think that, um, there's some people that I follow and, and deeply admire who who talk about the the idea of of building a business and how much longer it's going to take to get to the point in our idealized mind where we are doing what we thought we were going to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know you're like I have this really at least in my mind very clear vision of where I'm headed and yet as I step out into the unknown, I realize, A, people don't care as much about what I have to say as I thought they would. Um, And B, to get them to care costs me way more time and energy than I ever believed. But C, if I can get through that, when I get somebody who cares about what I'm saying, when they catch the fire that I've got, Wow, that is a gratifying feeling. And yeah. so every day you're living this almost uh tripolar kind of existence where two things are working against you and one thing is pulling you forward. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of what I heard you saying is is that boy, I'm not making the money. So what's what's the payoff? What what do yeah. you feel like was the payoff for you? Because we know that ultimately you stayed the course. Mm-hmm. And that's so exciting. I'm so glad you did because I love the yeah. podcast and I love what you're doing.
1: It was funny because one of my very new clients heard that episode and she was like, Angie, you cannot stop doing this. I need you. We need you. And so that, and it was not my underhanded way to get that affirmation, but it was nice. (laughs) Um, well, it's interesting that you described that you had a very clear path because I think part of my Mm. challenge is that, um, and even with your reluctant book marketers, I really fell into freelancing. So Mm. I, came home, I left a sales job, came home so that I could have more time with the kids, stepped into a direct sales company, which a lot of women do because we don't, I didn't have the bandwidth to start anything from scratch. And then that morphed into crazy an online meal planning business where I was teaching moms how to meal plan through that. I started pitching myself for visibility opportunities. So podcast mm-hmm. interviews, local media, people started to see that and asked how I was getting these opportunities. And I very quickly recognized that like pitching for me, I don't see it as a sales tactic. And I never really saw sales as that. It was more of, I have something to offer. Um, It might be a good fit for you and your people. Do you want to collaborate? So I saw that I had the ability to do work that other people valued, but were unwilling or unable to do. So then I just started freelancing solo in 2017, pitching clients. And it has grown, but I never really had a vision of what that would look like because I was just stepping into it. It's not like I had agency experience or PR experience. So I think part of it is just understanding that I needed to kind of recalibrate and have a vision of something to look forward to in the business. And so for me, I've always, the business has really been two parts. There's been an education piece with a course. Now it's a membership and there's the client side, which is us doing the work on behalf of our clients, pitching them. And I think I had just been like straddling this seesaw um, and not having really decided where am I going to put my time and energy and, um, So it was really doing some internal work of what is this business going to look like in three to five years? What do I want out of it? And what is it going to take to get there? And so figuring that out is what pulled me back into, no, this is something I really want to do and that I can do
0: what I think I'm hearing you say is that you really find a lot of energy and a lot of motivation in helping other people move through this, like business growth, pitch yourself, grow your business, do your thing, figure out your audience, all of that stuff that's wrapped into it. Is that kind of where your passion is? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. And it, it's also at the basis of human connections like Mm -hmm. who are the people that you should be connected to and that should be connected to you to create this synergy of you all doing amazing things on behalf of each other granted it often shows up first in the form of a podcast interview but from there collaborations are born friendships referral networks and so i think i i take a different approach to it because i don't know any other way like i'm a Mm -hmm. connector at heart a networker at heart And so it's, you know, it gives me energy to connect people that I know are good fits for one another.
0: Yeah. So I I don't know the answer to this, um, but I'm interested in your take on, um, I guess let me frame it by telling you a story As I have Mm -hmm. a handful of friends who have been my friends for a long time. And I find myself saying to my friends, Hey, step out, do this thing, take this risk, uh, it will reward you so much. And I can even share my experience with those friends and say, you see what happened to me? Do you see how my life changed when I did that? And then the resistance, the hold, and they're, they're not super excited to do that. And they still send me the memes and the really funny things and the, the, the Instagram reels that they want me to watch. And I kind of, haha. ha. But in my heart, I'm like, I'm no longer traveling quite the same course with you. I'm curious uh, to your thoughts on that. Cause I, I heard something in what you were just saying that made me think you've probably grappled with this a little bit about what does it feel like to have friends who are relevant right now? And do you feel a sense of like guilt or shame in saying, we're not traveling the same road anymore? and. It's a really big question. And I so want to no, hear your answer That's it's a great it.
1: one. Okay. Yeah. Um. So you mean your friends in real life, right? Yes. I mean- Yes, okay. yes, yes.
0: Because you're, yeah, exactly. And <laughs> you were talking about meeting people who are doing what we're doing in the podcast. And that's exactly yeah. what I thought of it as I was like, these people are doing what we're doing. So there's this instant, yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: So- I feel like I struggled with that more and I think it's actually you're like pulling this out of me, but I think it was a little bit of my own imposter syndrome when I Mm -hmm. first left my corporate job to stay home because in my mind, I had, I mean, I'm a big ideas person. So like all of my strengths are ideas, strategy, future, and I'm a quick start. So I, if I have an idea, I like to test it out. Um, That said- none of my friends in real life are business owners. Many of them are in jobs. Um, one in particular, she's all of these incredible ideas for doing her own business. Um, but she's just not in a space to be able to make that happen to where it would work for her family. Yeah. And I think early on I internalized, I think I wanted my friends to be as excited for me, in the way that another business owner would be excited for me, like Mm -hmm. to be nerdy with me and like digging in and asking other questions. Um, And I very, not very soon, it probably took a little bit of time. I was able to start to separate like my identity as a business owner Mm -hmm. and my identity as a friend and my identity as a wife and as a mother and as a daughter. And I think initially I So much of my identity was wrapped up into owning a business and being a business owner. Um, So I'm still really good friends with my in real life people. And a lot of them just say, I think it's so great. I don't totally know what you do. And a Mm -hmm. lot of them don't, Um, but they're just happy that I'm taking the risk and that it's paying off. Um, So I haven't really, you know, we hear things a lot, I think in the business space about, um, you know, just who you surround yourself with.
0: Right. The top five kind of, people, you know, that yeah, kind of thing. But yeah. like,
1: I'm not giving up my college girlfriends just because they don't own a business or under, like, yeah. don't listen to podcasts. Like right. one of my good friends, I send her shows all the time. She's mm-hmm. like, stop. I do not listen to podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. How are we friends?
0: <laughs> yeah. I I think that there's something really interesting and I am not resolved right now. So I hope that people who are listening can just kind of take away. There's not really an answer to this question, but I I find that, um, I personally, and this goes back to the original reason I reached out to you is this, this like razor's edge of motivation. Do I keep moving forward or do I go back to the known world? And I find that if I don't have somebody speaking into my ear almost 24/7 or at least when i'm awake telling me keep going keep moving go forward this is the world this is the life that you can have these are the things you can do that i start to doubt myself i'm a big big self doubter i always am wondering am i a moron <laughs> you know i hate to say that but i do all the time and So that's where a certain kind of friend comes into play. Um, You and I share a connection in Kevin Shemedlin um, Mm -hmm. and he talked about burnout a little bit and his definition of burnout blew my mind. He said, basically, when you have a vision of where you're going, you're insatiable for work. You'll never run out of energy when you know where you're going. The minute you feel lost, you feel burnout. And that was me this summer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was the eye opener when I listened to that episode. Yes. I was like, oh, no one's ever described burnout in a way that I understood it. And actually, as you were speaking, so my best friend in real life, she is a CPA. She used to be the CFO of a publicly traded or a bank. I mean, Mm -hmm. super smart in the financial space. And we were walking on the beach this summer at our family vacation. And I was telling her that I was really grappling with getting a job or staying the course. And mm. the, it, it's funny because I repeated in my head, like all the time. She said, Angie, if I I would bet on you, like mm. I would just Beautiful. bet on yourself wow. on this one. She was like, and she even came over a month ago. Uh, Cause I was having, like, we were looking at what my bookkeepers were doing and it wasn't, I wasn't able to make sense of some of the financials. Mm. She sat with me for like an hour and a half Wow she's like okay we'll do it monthly she's like i don't want to do your bookkeeping i have no interest in doing that but but we'll do projections yeah Yeah. so i think it was having that link to kind of real life and to have Mm -hmm. a friend that i so respect Mm -hmm. say and and not just that because there's plenty of people that i walk alongside in the online community and so i Mm -hmm. do have that support in my ear constantly from the people i've met that are business owners but to have someone that knows me and my family and my kids and our that goals. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, no, bet on you. Like you got this.
0: Writers are this group of people who think the first thing I have to do is finish a book. And that in and of itself is this unbelievably difficult journey. And what, what you hear at the end of that journey so often is I'm not a marketer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I wrote the book. I wrote the darn book. What else do you want of me? Um, mm-hmm please talk to me a little bit about your feelings of how that relates to your world. Because I think sometimes writers get lost in their identity as a writer, as an artist, and we discount the power of business and being a businesswoman like you are, yeah. and you're a businesswoman. You're not a marketer, right? I mean, mm. but not right. <laughs>
1: um, I'm so glad you asked this because the biggest obstacle that I see with authors who are wanting to promote their book. And that doesn't mean they consider themselves a marketer, but once you've written it, you would like to sell it and have people read it, um, is waiting too late to start that promotion and to have a plan in place. And I know there was a previous episode I was listening to, and that was alluded to as well. Mm -hmm. So we are specifically in the podcasting space. And so we pitch our clients to be guests on other people's shows, Mm -hmm. not understanding the runway that is needed to one, cultivate a pitch list. What are the types of shows that you want to get on? Who should you be pitching to? And then actually sending the pitch, getting an interview booked, getting it recorded, and then also getting it to go live. It's not always a short process. And so uh-huh. if you wait until that book is finished and it's getting published, you know, even in two to three months. It's not that you can't continue promoting it, but Mm -hmm. you're probably not going to have that hype around launch week that you would like. Yes. So that's the biggest challenge, I would say, for writers. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes it's just reframing. Like, don't call it marketing. Don't call it promoting. Yeah. Yeah. You wrote a book because you feel like it's somehow going to help or benefit someone's life. And so you owe it to those readers to help to have that book show up in front of them so they can make a choice.
0: Yeah, I ask often, "What's the point of of telling a story <laughs> if nobody's listening?" Right. Um, I do run into writers who say, "Hey, my my only goal is to uh, write this book and get it done." And then what I say to them is, "That's awesome. I celebrate that for you. That's great. You got the book written." But the moment that you complain that you don't have readers is the moment you have to also look in the mirror and say. Really? Am I being honest with myself about my goals or did I expect that the perfect book would get me there? So the way that I see this is a great example. And then the next thing I want to do is, is give you an opportunity to welcome people into your atmosphere for, for pitching. But um, if somebody uh, feels jaded about writing a perfect book and not getting listeners. And if you write a perfect podcast, like go pitch yourself and your voice is nice and your speed is nice and your guests are great. And it's really valuable. And then you only have, uh, maybe 200 downloads an episode. Do you feel like I have just not done what's necessary and how do you fix that? How do you fix the gap?
1: Okay. I love this question. It is super timely. I just, are you familiar with Voxer, the voice app where you I can be? Bas- not. It's Darn amazing. It. Okay. It's basically it like a walkie talkie um, where you can leave messages for friends. They listen when they're able, and then they'll get back to you when they're able. Nice, I love. But it. we have a current client. A lot of our clients come on board. They just want to be a guest. And then they realize, oh, I discovered my voice by being mm-hmm. a guest on all of these podcasts. And so they'll launch their own show. Mm-hmm. And we're likely going to step into some level of production in the coming year but i told her the biggest challenge similar to authors is promote like creating a podcast cranking mm-hmm. out all of this content weekly shows right especially for someone like me we have a we have clients to support so i'm not a content creator i'm a i'm a business owner who has a podcast as an extension of my business yeah i don't need to be putting out weekly episodes on my show every mm-hmm. other week is perfect and What happens then is if you're cranking all the content out and no one's listening, you don't have any bandwidth in your schedule to be promoting it, to connect with other audiences where you can show up in front of them, to podcast ad swap with other hosts. And so that's it's creating the balance. If you are not getting the listeners that you want, yeah, I always look at it as what can I do differently? Whether it's looking at the people that are listening, like what is their engagement trend like over the course mm-hmm. of an episode, looking in Apple Podcasts connect? Yep. Um, is it looking at downloads to where different topics are hitting better than others? And then what's been my marketing of the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I think it's always balancing with authors, with podcasters, with YouTube. And I don't know YouTube a lot. Cause I think they mm-hmm. have a lot more, it's much easier to find a YouTube channel through search mm-hmm. than discovering a podcast through search. But I think if, if you're not getting the impact that you want, you have to look at yourself. Like that's the only thing you can change. (laughs) Yes,
0: exactly. Yeah. YouTube has been an interesting place for me. I've had a couple of shorts that have done really well. Um, but the, the, I have put all of my solo podcasts on there now, and I'm kind of using it to double up and and reach a new audience. YouTube is tough. That's just a completely an aside. I think it's tough, but Uh, I mean, I'll 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 continue to do it. I'm fairly new still, maybe a month into it. And honestly, okay. I do the least possible to get it there because yeah. they say it makes you searchable. So yeah. Um. So now, if somebody's listening right now, they're an author and they're thinking, "Oh man, I need to be breaking into the mm-hmm. podcast sphere." Talk to those people about what you do that that really gives them a return on their investment for working with you.
1: Yeah. We have two main offers and it's really segmented into whether or not the author or the business owner wants to do the pitching themselves, or if they want us to take it all in-house and handle it. So they just show up for the interview, um, which is magical. Um, <laughs> And so the first offer is where we create the strategy. So I feel like that's A lot of authors, especially, are unfamiliar with the podcasting space. And even we've seen publishers have, you know, the because some publishing companies will do a bit of promotion, but I've had authors hire us to do the podcast promotion because it's just different. You're pitching to have a conversation, not to have a press release or a write-up, right? Right. It needs to be a conversation. Um, So that's one offer where we will create your pitch, your pitch template, everything you would need to go off and send pitches, including a pitch list. Mm -hmm. And then you can do it with some support from us. So we still provide strategy and some implementation support. Um, And then the other offer is our concierge offer where we do it for you. We do audits of some of your interviews. We give you coaching tips um, to make sure that we are getting an ROI that aligns with why you're doing this in the first place.
0: Yeah. And yeah. so what, what is the ideal person for, for each offer? Um, I'm, I'm going to ask you a sincere question. Do you have yeah. to be the kind of person who just makes a ton of money to do the concierge service? Or are there people who, who maybe would benefit from doing it for any other reasons other than they have spare change?
1: Well, there's definitely people that do it. I mean, you have to have the spare change. I never I never like working with someone to where mm-hmm. they're like, this is my last ditch effort. We're going to put all of our money into <laughs> yeah. this marketing. Yeah, yeah. And if right. it doesn't work, we're gone. Um, yeah. Because that's just not... I like when our clients are working in an abundance mindset because sometimes yes. it takes longer than we want. Okay. Um, but for people who have businesses that are really referral-based and they get... Like people love working with them. They're telling their friends about them. Um, That is a really good space for the concierge because it Mm -hmm. is about that connection. It is about portraying and communicating your expertise. Mm -hmm. And that comes across typically really well on podcast interviews. So that's kind of the first person. And then the jumpstart is I don't take clients typically that have not guested on other shows because also- I don't want you spending eighteen hundred dollars a month to see if this works, right. unless you're totally comfortable with it and, like you said, have the spare change. Yeah. So the jump start is a great way to kind of see: do I like doing this type of marketing? Do I mm. like podcast interviews? And to really kind of hone in on the
0: strategy of it. So I'm going to talk to you about, and then I want to wrap back around because I still think that Mm -hmm. there's more to talk about with our limited amount of time, as far as like that inflection point, when you thought maybe I'll go get a regular job, but I want to talk to you about my own experience and allow you to critique what I've done. Um, Yes. So I started out before joining uh, Kevin Schmidlin's Grow the Show Accelerator program, nice. which was awesome. I started out um, reaching out to a handful of podcasters who I thought maybe were a good fit or were a similar size to my show. And I interviewed on those shows before I ever knew that that was a thing. I just reached out and said, hey, love your show. I'd love to be a guest. Do you want to swap? You know, whatever it is. And I got on some shows beforehand. Um, And then through his show started to understand the importance of doing this more. So I think at this point, I've probably been a guest on 25, 30 shows or so. That's awesome. It is. It's great. I love (laughs) talking. So I have no issues with it. Here's my my, uh, area for critique. Please give me some feedback. I haven't seen audience growth from it. Why have I not seen audience growth? What am I doing wrong? Am I not giving a big enough call to action Um, is my product not quite good enough or what am I missing? And I know you haven't listened to those shows. So just talk generally about what you're seeing. so
1: fun. This is like my favorite thing to do. Um, my first question is what is your goal with guesting on these shows?
0: My goal with guesting on the shows is to be known everywhere. So that's the bottom line is I want to be known.
1: (laughs) Okay. We need a more specific goal. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so that would be do you want to grow your podcast? Mm -hmm. Is there an offer that people are paying you for?
0: Yeah. Yep. And, And right now it would be a book, but otherwise no.
1: Okay. So to buy the book. Yeah. Okay. So I would say hone in on what your goal is, whether it's going to be people that are going to listen to your show. And if that's the case, you're going to want to be guesting on shows that are talking to audiences of writers. Maybe they currently consider themselves a writer Mm -hmm. and we actually have a membership program and one of the current members is a book coach. And so you have to decide, do I want to show up in front of them when they are already writing or do Mm -hmm. I want to be their go-to when they decide to write? Because Mm -hmm. there are places in the business space, especially where a lot of business owners will eventually turn to writing a book of their own. Yep. Um but you're fiction, right? Isn't Yep. It? yep. Yeah. So I think you're going to have to find out like where are these people hanging out? What types of shows are they listening to? But that's right. a quick search in Apple of yeah. writing a fiction book or fiction right. authors. Um and then showing up in front of them with a topic that is compelling and would make sense then for them to Mm -hmm. come back to you, whether that, well, I would recommend both. Like you can drive them back to your podcast Mm -hmm. and then your book is aligned with the podcast, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay. Yeah. Then both of those would be called actions that I would include in the same interview. So what are the types of shows? I mean, I could literally do this for an hour. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, What are the types of shows you've guested on? Are they specific to
0: writers? They are. And I have been really careful about that. Now, early on, before I joined the the grow to the show accelerator, I was kind of not as specific about it. But since then, they've all been really so and actually one, I would love to introduce you to my friend, Becky Robinson. She has um, the book marketing uh, action podcast, and oh, okay. she's brilliant. She's really, really a good marketer, but I reached out to her similar to the way I reached out to you and just said, I'd love to do a swap and um, built a good friendship with her. You you were listening to the Thomas J. Beleza episode. He's another guy kind of like that, that I reached out to. So all people kind of in the book marketing realm that I'm trying to to work with, and that's to launch the seven-figure marketing mindset for novelists. So um, yeah, I, I am being fairly targeted, but I will be honest with you. I haven't seen the return that I need to see right now. And I I know I'm doing something wrong. I'm just not sure what it is.
1: Well, and this is part of the problem is good to have because it's mm-hmm. not like you sent out 500 pitches and yeah. no one has said yes. So right. yep. you're getting your foot in the door. The other thing that's popping up in my head is are the shows big enough? Like, mm-hmm. are do they have a large enough reach to actually have you see noticeable gains? Yeah. Um, and then I'm also interested, and now I'm going to go back and listen um, to one <laughs> of them to see what's the topic that you're talking about and mm-hmm. is it highlighting you as an expert? Like,
0: yeah.
1: are you showing up as a leader in the space so that people are motivated to come back and follow you at your own home?
0: Yeah. Did you use the term imposter syndrome at any point in this conversation? Or did mm-hmm, I, yeah. I did. I yeah, did. <laughs> right. Exactly. When you just said, am I showing up as a leader? I felt that. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. often feel it. I'm, I'm fairly guarded. I do a lot of mindset work to try to help myself stay away. But you said, are you a, a leader in that space? And immediately I was like, nope.
1: <laughs> okay. So then that's, that's where the work needs to be done.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this was, this was, a, this was a lot of fun, <laughs> surprising. I didn't expect to have that moment right there, but it was visceral. I felt it in all of my oh. body. I was like, I'm not of a fake. So that's a bummer. No,
1: no, um, no. I mean, we all have it. And I think that's yeah. the other thing to consider is, and this is something I always say to people in the beginning when they're guesting, but even then, if you had that reaction, your goal is to show up in front of audiences where you are the expert relative to them. Yeah. Right. So there is a chance that you're showing up on shows to where Mm. you might have imposter syndrome because maybe they are further along in their journey than you are. And so it's creating this tension inside of you. Mm. Like, where can you meet the people that you can best serve? And it might not be on the shows that you've been finding. It might Um, not be. Yeah. yeah.
0: And that's beautiful, too. Yeah. So. I don't, I mean, I know that people have really conflicting feelings about Gary Vaynerchuk, but what you just said really landed on me in that way is that he talks about imposter syndrome and he says, do you feel like an imposter? It's because you are, Um, (laughs) he's, he's that kind of way. He's like, you haven't stepped into the expertise that you need to not feel that way. And I, I really, I really believe that, but a lot of times I can accept where I'm at, but that, what you said just really hit me as I was like, I think I am trying to project myself as something I'm not quite yet. And that's a really important moment to know. I have a podcast for people who are just a little bit further back in the road than I am. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that podcast or there's nothing wrong with that book is whoever you are. If you're writing in a moment or podcasting in a moment, it's okay to be right where you're at because there's still a lot of people that you can help and serve.
1: So your goal is to find out the people that are listening to your podcast what other types of shows are they listening to?
0: Yeah,
1: Who else are they tuning into? Not necessarily for book marketing help, Mm -hmm. but just generally in the business space, not, you know, we had a a client once where we asked her to survey her audience. And she's like, she helps um, like massage therapists and body workers grow their business. And she's like, Mm -hmm. Angie, they told me they're listening to Dolly Parton's America. I'm Mm -hmm. like, well, I mean, that's amazing, but that's not helpful. Like you're not gonna guest on there. But (laughs) really finding out, What other types of information are they interested in? um, Mm -hmm. And then showing up in those spaces. So you're not Mm -hmm. competing with other book marketers.
0: Yes. And I think, I can't remember whether it was you on Kevin's show or Kevin on your show, but you talked about that, that one of the really important things you can do as a guest on a podcast is not necessarily steal somebody's audience. So you don't necessarily want to be a guest on a show that's 100% like your show. If you're oh, in direct no. competition, don't try to get on that show. No. <laughs> right?
1: Well, because likely you're not going to because they yeah. their audience already follows them yeah. and they see them as the leader and I mean, even the most amazing person who would come on as a guest, the chances are if they need a service that both of you offer, they're going to turn to the host that they've been listening to for a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I want to finish up uh, or close to finish up by asking you, what if you're you're shooting to connect with somebody who is pretty far outside of your current reach? Um, And the person that I will put out there for myself is, um, Elise Myers uh, lives in Nebraska, so I'm I'm a Nebraska uh, local, and she is an influencer who, by her amazing work and love and connection with her audience, is like 2.2 million followers on Instagram. She's like killing it, and I okay. know for sure if I have the right pitch that I can connect with her and get her as a guest and get her like inside my bubble. But so far, I've gotten a no. How do you change that? And you don't have to talk to me specifically. You mm-hmm. can talk to the broader audience. Like you're going for a big reach. What are the kind of actions you want to take right now that can close that gap a little bit?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think first of all is understanding and recognizing that it is a big reach. So yeah. it's not going to be the only thing that you focus on for the next right. six months, because if it doesn't <laughs> shake out, then you haven't gotten very far. Yep. Um, so I would just connect with her on socials and and that's tough with someone with that much reach because you or wondering is she responding to her DMs? Like, right? Who is it somebody is that she hired? Running yep. These accounts. Um, so I think it's definitely connecting with her, sharing her content, trying to get seen in her world. Um, comment on posts if she's you know making posts. Like, get engaged in the conversation, especially. I know you're on Twitter. I'm more on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. but. LinkedIn conversations and like in the comments is where a lot of the action is happening. And so I think you can show up and be a valued part of her community in those Mm -hmm. spaces. And then when you pitch, the thing that stood out to me about your pitch was that you had listened to my show and heard like a two-minute clip and we're like, I really want to talk about that. And so it's something no one's asking me about. And When you're a podcaster or a business owner and you like to talk, you know, Mm -hmm. it's interesting to talk about different things. So for her, if you can come up with a topic Mm -hmm. that she could really serve your audience with, that's different, it's probably much more appealing. Mm -hmm. Um, And make sure when you pitch, and this is both sides of the fence, um, we see it a lot when people are pitching to be a guest on someone else's show, but it's Mm -hmm. equally important when you're pitching a guest to be on your own show, give them the topic, like I have seen all these wonderful things about you. And I would love for you to be a guest on my show to talk about Mm -hmm. X, Y, Z, because that lets them know there's a level of familiarity. Mm -hmm. um, And the bigger they are, the more unique you can make that topic, then it's going to stand out a little bit more.
0: I love it. And in, in finally concluding, you made the choice, not just to not get another job, but to double down and to push further into go pitch yourself and everything that your business is. talk to the person right now, who's where you were and thinking about like, I'm ready to give up. I'm ready to, or if not give up, I'm ready to sort of put a foot out the door, talk to that person about why they should just give it one more day.
1: So I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say you have permission to go a different route. For me, I needed to test the waters. And I think mm. it was doing that, putting myself out there, connecting. I was even I even got an interview at a company mm. and after it was over I was like, uh this is not for me. <laughs> um and so I think we can get so in our heads about should we do this, should we not and we haven't mm. even like put our toe in the water. And if you don't, in the back of your mind, you're always gonna be thinking, oh, this would be so much easier if I went and got a job, you know? So decide it's okay. Like you that's, just need to take steps to decide.
0: That's amazing. I need everybody to go back, <laughs> rewind it 15, 30 seconds, whatever it is. Listen to that again because what Angie just said was it's not just when you haven't taken like the risk to be the, the, the NFL football player or the 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 Hollywood actor. You know, you're sitting in your desk right now thinking about maybe taking the biggest risk of your life. Go do that, right? Go do that. At least try because then you won't have any questions about should I have. But honestly, when you've taken that risk and you're trying to get there and you think maybe I should quit, it's the same exact behavior in the opposite direction. That blows my mind, Angie. I've never (laughs) thought of that before. I've never thought that, like, this moment I could just honestly, you know. (laughs) Like try quitting and seeing what's happening. <laughs> See if I like yeah. that idea. Oh my yeah. gosh. Well, that's a, that's a gem. I but hope everybody's it. still don't listening. Don't go all in first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't
1: like, don't burn it down before you have a job. If that's how yeah, exactly. you decide to re- go.
0: You record your podcast and you're like, I'm done. See you later, suckers. You know, <laughs> Mic <No>. drop. <laughs> Oh, that's great. All right. Well, we've, we've pitched you a little bit, but I want you to go ahead and give a formal pitch for your show where people can find you, how you want them to connect with you. And if they're interested in, in partnering with you to, to grow their brand.
1: Yeah. So uh, the podcast is go pitch yourself. It's an every other week show because I am a business owner who has a podcast. Um, It's a I love it. It's fun. We have great conversations and it's very niche into podcast guesting and podcast mm-hmm. hosting. So if you're interested, that's a great place. If you are interested in services to see if we might be a good fit to support you, you can see everything we offer over at the podwise com slash services. And PodWise is spelled with a Z. Um, So you can go and check that out. And then I am most active on LinkedIn. And I've really liked that the last couple of months. It's kind of a really cool place. Instagram drives me a little nuts with uh, the reels and all the graphics. And I just can show up and be
0: myself on LinkedIn. Absolutely. That's interesting. You say that I, I, I quit TikTok more or less. I keep it on life support a little bit, but, um, I couldn't, I like the amount of time you could dedicate to TikTok is stupid. So I just, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm very much showing up on, on uh, Twitter and that's where I'm going to live. And it's nice to know you've kind of made a similar choice with LinkedIn. So,
1: yeah, I think it's the, um, it's this, like all of these content creation platforms have grown so much. Then mm-hmm. we as business owners have gotten a little bit sucked into that. And, but the amount yeah. of time it takes to create that content is bananas.
0: It's crazy. People don't understand unless they're really, yeah. really digging deep into it. Well, thank yeah. you so much, Angie. It's been a, a true pleasure to to speak with you and I enjoyed yeah. it.
1: Yeah, this is great, Jody. Thank you. All
0: right. Yep.